Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be Welcome everybody to Grilling at the Green here on AM 860 The Answer, WEEU in Pennsylvania, in Tulsa, and on the Golf News Network. I'm your host, Jeff Tracy. How's your game doing? Are you prepared for each and every shot? We're going to dive into that today with my good friend and my coach, Bruce Furman, Director of Instruction at Langdon Farms. Bruce also is a uh, Golf Digest uh, instructor of the year regionally and best teacher and all that stuff recipient for those. We're going to discuss those strategies in just a minute. We want to thank the folks at uh, painted Hills, natural beef, beef, the way nature intended, and also Ben Hogan golf. Check out Ben Hogan golf online at benhogangolf.com. Um, new club selections and fan and factory direct sales right to you. That's benhogangolf.com. Hey, Bruce. Hey, good to be doing? here. Yeah. Doing great. So, you know, I was, I was hearing on the way up here today, and this is just, this hasn't anything to do with mental acuity, but we are one of here in Oregon, we are one of 10 States that is not open yet. And, uh, we're the one state that doesn't have a deadline <laughs> or a, a target date. And I just find that interesting because that still makes people a little hesitant. Although when I drive by Langdon almost every day or the OGA course, there's no problem. It's full. Yeah, no question. COVID's been great for golf. <laughs> you know, we were we were one of the states that didn't close, you know, right at the outset. California did and Washington did. Right. But we didn't. So it's one of the few things anybody could do besides sit at home and watch Netflix after you did that for a week. Yeah. It's like let me get out of here. Right. You know? And so right. so COVID's been great for the golf industry and certainly here in Oregon. It's great for my business also. Good for you. Um, yeah, I can only watch so many versions of Game of Thrones and, <laughs> and, and uh, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. After doing that for a week, it's like, get yeah. me out of here. Yeah. So, you know, when we were talking prior to the show and I were, we were texting back and forth, I said I wanted to cover mental preparedness. And that's over the years when you've been on the show and, and you give your uh, weekly golf tip, we've talked briefly about it, but really... The big difference, I think, besides basic talent is if you watch people play on the tours on TV and even the top amateurs, they are mentally focused on each and every shot. I don't do that. I God knows what I'm thinking about when I step <laughs> up to the ball. But they are, they are just so focused. Kind of explain how you, as a, as a top teacher, can get people to think that way or focus that way. 
Well, uh, you know, the, uh, we stress what we call a pre-shot routine and uh, to, to visualize the shot and uh, try to get out of the outcome mode, meaning what could happen, bad yeah. or good, yeah. you know, and, and so we teach people, you know, golf's a little bit like um, serving a tennis ball or shooting a free throw. Um, once you serve the tennis ball, the ball's coming at you, so you react to it. But but golf, no one's throwing the golf ball at you, you know, right. sitting on the ground looking at you. <laughs> so you have to develop a routine. And uh, the better you do that, and, and then you practice your, your swing and try to get your swing as best you can, and then trust your uh, instincts and try to take outcome out of it. Again, it's not that easy to do. We, we all think about what could happen and the bad things that could happen because you, you have a lot of time to think in golf. You know, it's a, it's a, a four-hour game, and you play play it for five or six minutes, really. I mean, just yeah. actual shots themselves. Yeah. Yeah, then you got time to think a lot <laughs> yeah. about your mistakes, and, and uh, you get ahead of yourself, and you think about the past, which you don't want to think about, and then, and then you get ahead of yourself and think about the future. So you're trying to stay in the present as best you can and do a good pre-shot routine and trust it. And then that's why you have a short game, because you're going to miss shots, so you got to be <laughs> comfortable with that. Yes. You know? Well, I know because when I get up there, I mean, I'm, you know, you've taught me a lot over the years and I get up there and I'm try to stick as close as I can each time to my pre-shot routine and all that. But I can't help but tell you that sometimes I'm standing over the ball and just before I, you know, start to swing, I'll think, did I take out the garbage today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you got to try to keep your focus on the shot. And, uh, you know, again, visualization is important, trying to see the shot. And, uh, uh, you know, my uh, old college teammate, Bruce Litsky, used to, I didn't know this till later, but he, he used to, when he'd play shot, he'd, he'd, he'd have himself leave his body and look down from above and watch himself hit and and see the shot from up above that's you know that's crazy i mean yeah. how, how did he come up with that you know well i've had some outer body experiences but it usually in in, in you know involves something in a glass yeah, right 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 yeah i don't i don't know that's you know i i i never thought of it that way but uh he, somehow he came up with that and uh he was one of those guys that uh you know he had this kind of a cut swing that he didn't have to practice much and he trusted it and uh, and he played great well yeah that's kind of interesting because like i said you know you see the the pros i think that one of the best guys uh was tiger you know his we've all heard the stories and read about him and his dad being a you know ops guy and psycho ops and not psycho psych <laughs> maybe he was i don't know i never met him but um <clears throat> excuse me they you know but he would throw keys at him and yeah. call him names and yeah. throw golf balls and do all kinds of things and so he was probably the poster child for really you know focus on that but um uh, it makes it hard because i mean we look at that and we go man we i could do that too no you can't <laughs> <laughs> no you know uh yeah, I mean, he was Marine, and, and that psychological uh, trading ad as a kid really came in because, I mean, you think about 
the circus that followed Tiger out on the golf course, right. you know, and uh, if you couldn't focus, you know, and take all that out of there, uh, it would bother you all the time. I Years ago, I worked with a guy that I knew from Texas that uh, played the second tour, it's called different things back then, but uh, Nike Ferry. Tour, and now it's called the Cornberry Tour. Yeah. And then he qualified for the regular tour one year, and he came out to PJ West where I was at, and uh, he missed the first two or three cuts. We worked a little bit together, and then he he played well, and he made the cut, And but I, I remember him out on the course, and there wasn't that many people. You know, he's a, just... Well, a rookie so there wasn't many people following of course but uh he got upset by someone out on the course in an area where it kind of saw it saw it in his mind and heard some things and i said you got to be thankful for those guys you know that's why you're being able to play for all this money yeah said, you just got to get used to it yeah what if what if this was you were playing with tiger today you know? yeah i said embrace it don't 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 get mad about it the, the there was one guy that uh, i don't remember who the writer was but it was about a year or so ago and and they somebody knew on the tour that had the posters of tiger when they were growing up and this and that and they said boy i'd I would really have liked to challenge him in his heyday. And the, whoever the commentator was said, the hell you would. He didn't actually say that. He said something different, <laughs> which I can't say on the air. But he said, no, no, you wouldn't like that because it was such, like you said, a circus. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and the, even the groups before and after, you know, <laughs> poor groups in front of him, the one immediately in front of those, all those spectators are running right in the middle of your shots because, yeah. you know, they, they're they wanting to see Tiger get in position to see him. And, yeah, uh, but, you know, they, they get used to it and they zone things out. Sure. You know, when they're out on the tour like that, they, they get used to it. Well, see, my wife says my mental acuity around the house is exceptional when I tune her out, you know, like that. I, I, I just... I don't know where she came up with that, but uh, I think husbands know. are notorious for that. <laughs> yeah, I guess they are. We're going to take a break here on Girling at the Green. Bruce Furman and I will be back right after this. Please stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Today, we're talking with Bruce Furman the director of golf at Langdon Farms here in uh, Oregon. Also like to thank the folks at Gunter Wilhelm Knives, Unmatched Quality, Comfort, and Efficiency. Uh, if you don't know this, I do a lot of cooking also. Uh, you can check them out online at GunterWilhelm.com and our friends at Langdon Farms, who one of my friends is sitting right next to me there, the director of golf, but also at the Langdon Farms Grill. They have their prime rib every Friday night, and now you can go in and eat there um check them out it's pretty good great meal and then also you can find us on facebook and twitter and all the social media platforms 
Captivate. You can listen to the podcast versions of the shows where we actually don't take out the swear words. So anyway, <laughs> we're talking with Bruce Furman today. That That's kind of a old horse trainer habit, the swear words. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. there's been a couple swear words said on golf courses. Yeah. I don't there, know if you know that or not. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I saw the meme the other day. There was a picture of a caveman with a rock in a, and he had a, rabbit hole there or something and he had this stick and he tied a rock to it and he goes he says i think i can hit it in that hole and then the caption was how man learned to swear <laughs> that's right <laughs> golf can be very frustrating very frustrating so how are your amateurs doing man amateur golf has really taken off i mean as we're speaking they've got uh well they've got the u.s women's on now but you know yeah. we had the ncaa matches over the weekend here and, and some of your students are doing the state stuff and moving up there. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, uh, some young kids that are, they're, uh, good players. I have one young girl, um, freshman named Jacinda Lee. She, um, she had, uh, three top tens in the AJGA events last year and, uh, won a couple things here locally. Um, very talented young lady. She was, She's going to eventually play college golf and who knows, maybe pro golf. She's potentially that good. Good. And, um, and then I've got a young kid from uh, Washington also, um, and named Christian Harlow and he's 10. And, um, I think he played in 27 junior U S kids events last year and, uh, he won 26 of them. So, <laughs> so he's even got his own website <laughs> with with merchandise. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. yeah. His kid, the kid is very talented. Uh, obviously, you get a discount because you're the coach. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I haven't asked for anything, but uh, maybe eventually I will. Uh, so he's he's a very very talented young kid. I've got another kid that's 11. It's a uh, Connor Holden. He plays plays well. He's a top. Uh, point getter in that u.s kids tour and he plays in the oj events and and then i've got uh, a kid named neely nyack that's uh, plays high school golf just a freshman and uh, he plays good uh he's he he uh he hasn't won anything but he's uh finished high in some tournaments and uh, plays pretty good golf and, and i've got a young girl named hannah windorf and um uh, her mother, Paula, actually played for Oregon years ago, Oregon Golf, and uh, she's a golf pro. She works out at or uh, Oswego uh, Muni, but uh, I teach her, and she was the top point getter for uh, her uh, age group for the U.S. kids this year. So so I've had a, a, some really talented young kids, been fortunate to work with. When you When you're looking at a young golfer like that, is there times that you can just tell when you're, when you're looking at them the first or talking to them or, you know, maybe the first session and you look at them and you go, man, this kid's got some talent. And yet you probably don't want to say that because you, you know, throw them off or whatever. But. Uh, uh, yeah, no, there's, um, you work with these kids that are talented and, um, you know, they, they can, they can hit, they can swing, they can hit the ball, they can putt, they can chip, they can do all that. And, and when you work with them, they're smart and they can understand what you're trying to do and they can adjust their swings, you know. And uh, 
a lot of people can't do that very well. You know, when I teach average players, it's more try to get the ball in the way of their swing. They're not, <laughs> they're, not, they're not capable of changing too much, but these talented kids, and I don't go and try to change their basic swing very much, but, you know, you make adjustments, and they're usually really good at doing it, and, uh, you know, and they can take it right to the course. That's what I was going to say. How do you make that transition from the, the practice tee to getting them on the course and then deal with, like, game management and stuff? You know, talent is uh, is uh, is amazing, really. Um, you know, they'll hit some shots. They'll get some confidence. I'll feel, how does that feel to you? Do you think you can do that? Yeah, yeah, I think I can. <laughs> they can. Yeah. And they just go out there and they do it, and they trust themselves. They trust their swing. They do the same things we teach them all and pre-shot routines and all that sort of thing. And they've got a lot of, uh, you know, uh, trust in their own abilities. Must be really rewarding. Very, very rewarding. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, Golf season for the OGA is just starting now for the juniors. I think they have a big tournament this weekend uh, down in Southern Oregon. So uh, she'll be playing in that. Uh, Jacinda will be playing in that tournament. So it's for the older ones, not yeah. for the younger ones. But uh, we'll see how she does. But uh, she usually does well. Well, I've seen you work with her. Yeah, and I've seen the videos that you post once in a while of her swing. And it's yeah. like, man, it's it's a beautiful swing. Yeah, no, she's, she's strong. Very good ball striker. And... Uh, She's small, but she hits it a long ways. Yeah, I'm big, and I hit it like four <laughs> feet, so it's okay. What? How does how does a parent know? How do how do they? You know, we're all proud of our kids. I get that, and but how would a parent really know if it's like, you know, this kid's pretty good. I need to take him to somebody and work, have him work with them. Well, you know, you a lot of it is, some of it's peer pressure maybe. Uh, you know, they get out and they start playing in tournaments and then they see some kids <laughs> doing better than other kids and um, and then they try to figure out why and, you know, maybe it could be a teacher. Not, not always. Some yeah. of these kids don't have a teacher. They, You know, they're naturally just talented and they, they just watch the best players and mimic them and, sure. and are really good. But a lot of times it's, it's this, you know, this kid's doing really good. Who's, who's helping him. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they, uh, they, they come over to, if it happened to be me, for example, they'd come over to me and, and say, you know, can you take a look at my son or daughter? And, and we go from there. There you go. We're going to take another break here on grilling at the green. Bruce Berman and I will be back. Uh, please stay with us. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Again, beef the way nature intended. If you've never had a piece of uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef or grilled a steak from them do yourself a favor find some buy some and try it out it's good stuff and also ben hogan golf like i said before two are quality clubs at factory direct prices i got a new forward from those guys they made me want to send it up here 
because you nice. you told me to get one yeah. a while back yeah. and i did nice. um if you want to contact us it's very simple it's info at grilling at the green dot net we're talking with bruce Furman today director of golf at langdon farms my coach although we try not to say that too much so we don't people don't you know get a bad impression of you <laughs> <laughs> years ago they the uh, golf magazine uh, had a an event trying to find the four worst avid golfers in America. And they, they went around and they had people, you know, nominate different people. And when I was the head pro at Holly tree country club and Tyler, one of the guys nominated this other guy named Kelly Ireland. And, and he ended up in this four worst golfers and they actually filmed this thing at the TPC sawgrass golf yeah. course, you know? And, uh, Kelly uh, got a shirt made up. It was all fun, obviously. Sure. And he was the best of the worst, by the way. Oh, well. And so he, he won the thing as far as being the best of the worst. So you're fourth shot, from the bottom. I think he <laughs> shot 155 or something, and he was the best. Oh. And uh, the worst guy, Angelo Spagnola, uh, shot, I think, 267. And he made a 66 on that 17th hole, that island par three. He knocked like 17 straight balls in the water, and then they made him putt around you know, in order to finish. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Kelly Kelly got a golf shirt made with on the back that said, Bruce Furman is my pro. Yeah. And he, he was threatening to wear that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I had, to, I had to pay him off. Not Did you have to buy him off on that one? I had to buy him off on that one. Well, you know, that's uh, <laughs> when you've got all those eyeballs on him that can make a difference in your career. Yeah, that could have been a career killer there for me. So we've got the U.S. Women's Open on, right? Now, actually, it's the first round this morning out there. You know that we're we're seeing more media for from the LPJ tours and the you know all the women's events, which I'm really grateful for because I can tell you that having covered amateur men's ladies pros, the ladies tournaments are we don't get as big a crowds there, but they're always more interesting and and. I actually think they hit less errant shots than the guys do. You know, they're, they're um, really impressive, in my opinion, in, in person for sure. Um, they're, they're some great ball strikers. They, you know, they're smaller than men, so they hit it shorter, but they hit it long ways for their size and <laughs> sure. their muscles amount. Some of them hit it really long. And uh, I said in person, they're really impressive. Um and they're great players. I mean, so, uh, you know, women's sports doesn't get quite as much attention as men's sports, but hopefully it'll keep getting bigger and get more, more people to watch. So their purses come up. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, with all the stuff going on these days, um, for the sport that we love and other sports too, I think that's, that's really helping. But, um, you know, when you watch them, and like I said, I've covered LPGA events for a, quite a number of years now. Don't ever think, guys, if you're going to go out there on the golf course and you maybe get lucky and get to play in a pro-am with these gals that you're going to, you know, show them off how you're going to really smoke a drive down there or something like that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, 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 uh, hit it, you know, unless you're, there's some low, real low handicap, zero plus handicap men golfers that'll hit it a little farther than some of those women out there. But 
But I'll tell you what, most of them can't beat them. You know? No, <laughs> you know? no, no. And, and particularly from, you know, the tees that are, are, are appropriate. But even from the same tees, I, I usually put my money on the LPGA player rather than the low handicap amateur, honestly. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. So what this brings me to uh, the Ladies' U.S. Open. What, what do you think? Who's your fave if you've got one? Who have you been watching this year? Yeah, uh, you know, I've played that course a few times, and uh, it looks like they've got the rough up. So it's going to be probably a good driver of the ball um, and and long because, you know, they got that marine layer in the summer, and, you know, it's – it's it's uh ball doesn't go a long way so so I, I i don't know that i have a a favorite um uh, you know i'd like to see an american win i'd like to see one of the cordis sisters win. yeah uh um but you know i like lexi thompson you know and um and some of the other american girls and and hopefully some of them will play good and 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 maybe we'll have an american winner the the young lady that won that um Gosh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Last weekend over in Vegas yeah. at Shadow Creek, right. and and uh, she won that, and uh, you know t- got down to the end and won it. I hope she does well because she's kind of just getting rolling on this. Right, right. And that pop off girl yeah. that she beat, um, you know, she's kind of you know qualified and then won that tournament, and then, you know, so that's pretty interesting. She's an interesting uh, character, so. Um, you know, the a lot of the Asian uh, women are really strong, so I, I expect them to be there. But uh, I'm I'm hoping for an American win. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Maybe if not- Michelle Wee's playing. Now, she hasn't played very much, but uh, and so I don't know that she'll play play that well. But uh, I'd like to see her play decently. Sure. You know? Well, she's a new mom. Too. She's a new mom, Michelle Wee West. You yeah, know? yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Hopefully, she Good. plays well. Yeah, I think that. And if not, I'm always I'm always partial to Brooke myself because i got to her i'm partial to and austin ernst i'm partial to because tell you the story about that really quick several years ago when austin shot low score i don't even remember what the score was 62 or something like that out at columbia edgewater i was the only news guy there really and so the the PR guys there in the, in the press room grabbed me and grabbed my camera and said, you're going out there for us, you know? Nice. And so I, I got to follow her around the last, cause she was playing by herself because uh, whoever her partner was had withdrawn and she got in there and she was first out in the morning and it was still damp and kind of cold and all that. And all of a sudden as she was coming in, people were looking at the, scoreboard scoreboard and the stuff in the news in a media room you get other feeds you don't just get the regular feed so you can see and all of a sudden they were like my god she's gonna shoot below 65 today go and so i did and so i and she gave me her scorecard to take a picture of it nice like that and so i'm always kind of i'm i got a little partiality for her and i've got a little partiality for for brooke not so much brooke but her sister because brooke was doing a, a press conference after she won the cambia i think it was the safeway still then but uh she did that and i was hanging out in the back with her sister her caddy we were drinking beer and having a good time uh, nice so, nothing wrong with that no that was good that <laughs> yeah. was all good so yeah. i've got i've got you know so if we can't get an american to win the u.s open i'm i'm voting for brooke yeah 
She's 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 cute. She's nice. She's cute. She's a character. She's got a great personality. Yeah, yeah. They're but they're all fun. Most of them are fun to be around. You know, they're they're good with the the people and the spectators and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What's the uh, just kind of off the cuff question, Bruce? What's the uh, toughest course you ever played? It's closed down now. Um, there there was a golf course in uh, outside of Huntsville, Texas. It was called Waterwood. And uh, when they first opened it up, it was the hardest course I've ever seen. Uh, and they made some changes because it was so hard. They had uh, the ninth hole, for example, uh, was a par four. You hit a drive, and then the green was right on the edge of a, a lake, and the lake was on the back end of the green, but there was no, it was just the green stopped and the lake started with bulkheading. <laughs> and then there was a little peninsula out where the green is and in between the peninsula they had a bunker in the green in the middle of the green oh my and so they put that pin once in a while on that back little peninsula with the bunker and they used to have a little rough like around the green so you couldn't put through the the, the bunker yeah i mean it was hogan couldn't have gotten to that back pin yeah. on his best day and then they had another hole on the back nine that, that was a 240 yard uh, par three with no drop area. Oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, for a low, they had some upper tees. Sure. And uh, I think uh, Keith Fergus had the course record for a number of years, just like two under par for a number of years. And then, then he made some changes because it was just so hard. Now I played, you know, uh, Olympic Club. That's a really hard golf course. Yeah. And uh, uh, I played Pine Valley. That's a hard golf course. And, uh, there's a lot of them. I played uh, Harbor uh, Harbor Harbor Town, but um, Ocean Course, Kew Island. That's yeah. a hard golf course. Yeah, that know? is a hard golf you course. Know? So I played a lot of them. Anytime you get the wind blowing, they're all hard. You know. Anyway, Bruce and I are going to take a break. We'll be back. Wrap up the show. You're listening to Grilling at the Green. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Grilling at the Green. I want to thank you for being with us today. I appreciate that. And also all our new f- friends and family back at WEEU in pennsylvania we uh appreciate that you know we're not even trying to syndicate this show and we're now going across the country nice yeah I like it. it's kind of fun yeah i enjoy it. it this show is not work for me like the other shows you know <laughs> this show i always get to talk to to people like you who i know and i enjoy being around and you know, i have a lot of fun because you just get to talk golf yeah you know well, once in a while we throw a little recipe or food in there too or something or some classic story but you know uh yeah anyway yeah um real quick so we talked about the uh ladies u.s open going on right now down there in in, uh san francisco area the bay area but like that what um what do you think about the men's tour really quick and especially the uh kepka dechambeau deal going on now that's pretty funny (laughs) well you know, I don't know how much of it is put on, and you know, they, he, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Kepka had a little disdain for Deschambeau, maybe. But uh, you know, now that they have that 
player impact program, you know, or uh, the $40 million on there and the, the guys that get the most, you know, uh, hits on their social media are going to potentially make some extra money, obviously a lot of money in, yeah. in, in, when you're talking about the average person, but uh, um so maybe part of that's made up for all I know, you know, and <laughs> just kind of play into play into that uh, social media thing, right. trying to get as many hits as they can. Yeah, maybe collect some of that. I think they're giving somebody like eight million of that forty million. Uh, I guess they're trying to uh, to to go against that premier golf league, which it hasn't come up yet. But uh, you know, they keep talking about trying to get this big. Saudis or some Saudis are behind this premier golf league thing. So they're trying to combat that so that all the best players don't go over into that league. Yeah. Lee Westwood's the only one that I heard say he would really consider doing it. Well, I think, you know, somebody like Phil, that supposedly they offered Phil a hundred million to do, to, to play. And obviously, you know, he's not going to make anything like that on the senior tour. No. Once he starts playing there full time and, He's, you know, I don't think he's got too many more wins left on the, the PGA Tour. Obviously, this last PGA was a great, fantastic oh, yeah. win. But uh, but I could see someone like him taking that money, you know. And um, Yeah, he needs it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he probably doesn't need it, but he, you never have too much money, do you? I don't know. <laughs> I've never, I've never had, had that problem. I haven't had that problem either. Yeah. Well, I just... I just uh, you know, Monahan has told people that if you do that, you're going to be banned from the regular tour. Right. Well, they got to do what they can to protect themselves. The European sure. tour is doing the same thing. And if, you know, if you take the 48 best players in the world and go into this other league, and what's that going to leave for your tour? And how's that going to affect your TV revenues and all that? Yeah. So, so uh, I can see why they're going to be pretty strong on trying to oh, protect sure. themselves. They I did don't that in the rodeo business years ago. They yeah. tried to to come up with this touring group, kind of model it after the Bull Riders Association, but they were going to do it with all the regular events. And finally, the PRCA commissioner at the time had to say, no, boys, girls, if you do that, you can't play with us anymore. Right. So, right. you know, well, they've got a lot of years invested, time, money, effort, sponsorships, all that. Same with the, you know, oh, yeah. PGA stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you know, what... Uh, what do you want to do? Uh, we got about a minute left. Do you want to give them a live tip for the week? <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, driving. You know, when you when you hit your drive, everybody. I, I've yet to have anybody come to me and say I'm just hitting it too darn far. Could you slow me down a little bit? You know, yeah. everybody wants to hit it farther, so. The best thing to do is take some practice swings on an upslope, get your body going with the slope and try to swing up the slope. So if you can hit a little bit up on your drive rather than down on it, you're going to hit it a little farther. So so um, just take some practice swings on the upslope. And then when you go to the, obviously, the level lie where the tee is, you still want to feel like you're on that upslope. Play the ball forward, try to sweep up on the ball. And if you can hit that ball on the upswing three or four degrees up, you're going to hit it farther than if you're hitting it four degrees down. Thank you, Bruce, for being with us. Um, My pleasure. We'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. I was going to tell you, we've got uh, Keith Hirschland coming up. We've got uh, Tom Coyne coming up. Um, got some guys that new books and 
some more fun stuff. And Lisa Cromwell will be coming up here pretty soon. So nice. Yeah. So uh, we'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Go out and play some golf. Good Tomorrow's going to be better than today. Rolling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved. And remember, the key to lower scores, a pencil with an eraser. See you next week.